Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Netflix and Swill Podcast, your host, the, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I can't talk today. I'm Caleb. Uh, and I can't talk any days. I'm Dan. I uh, I started to stumble in the middle, and I was like, oh, I can I can course correct. Uh, and the more I tried to, the less it, it worked out for me. So That was quite narrow. I hope someone gets fired for it. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I don't know. Nothing uh nothing really too spectacular to report. I'm uh still playing Horizon Zero Dawn, trying to grind out all those achievos. There you go. Speaking of video games, I'm currently playing Control, which is done by uh Remedy Entertainment, uh the makers of Alan Wake. Uh th- they put out a PS5 patch for it a while ago. But I'm finally getting to it now. Because uh, it was free one month, and I was like, cool. Well, free with my subscription, I should say. So I was like, cool, I'll play this again. Uh, I've already played it for PS4. It runs so much better. Like, there was some hitching before, some frame stuttering. It didn't really impact my experience then, but uh, I tried playing on, like, the beautiful mode, like the the ray tracing 4K mode, and I just went, oh, oh no, I'm too used to 60 FPS now. I can't possibly play on this mode anymore. Okay. I know, I'm an elitist. Uh, but it's it's <laughs> great. Uh, I, I like it a lot. It actually might be my favorite game of theirs. Now, this was all said, uh, I have Alan Wake coming uh, from Amazon tomorrow. So we'll see if uh, I, really I like still Alan feel that Wake. way. Yep. Uh, remastered for the, the new generation, and I'm very excited about it. Also, the first time on PlayStation, so I can't wait to get trophies for it. Nice. Yeah, I would I would definitely play Alan Wake again. Well, now's your chance. Well, I wouldn't say now because it's thirty dollars. It's probably going to be about twenty at some point, and then it'll be fifteen at some point. You know, play it when you want. Don't pay full price for anything, unless you want yeah. uh, more Metroid Dread like games. In which case, buy Metroid Dread at full price, <laughs> and don't steal it. What do you think I am? Some sort of communist? <sighs> I don't know. Are you subscribed to R Anti Work? I don't know what that is. It's a it's a subreddit that's basically like we hate our working conditions and it's like all right quit your job then oh you won't okay like are they trying to affect any sort of change no that's they like they're just uh, a bitch about it online you know so nothing they're not trying to like help usher us into like a post scarcity economy or anything. Not based off of what I've seen. It just seems like a bunch of complainers. <laughs> Sounds like most people. Yeah. Sounds like me. Well, I won't complain about that. I just will tell my boss I want to get paid more. I don't know. I was I was out for a bit earlier. And I, I saw like some fucking wild shit. And I was like, oh, man, I got to remember this to talk about on the show tonight. 
And then I forgot what it was, so oh. um, I'm going to disappointedly move us into a segment uh, and maybe try to think of it later. Uh, okay. So, Dan, what's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Well, I'm drinking uh, a coffee with hazelnut creamer and some uh, Jack Daniels. And let me tell you, it tastes like nothing. I, I, somehow I have found the secret combination to cancel out all other flavors. And here <laughs> we are. Uh, I have a Modelo. I got some mixers and stuff, but I didn't feel like making a mixed drink mm. right now. So just, uh, it's got the old, old reliable. There you go. All right, and that'll bring us into the news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, so we got Dave Chappelle's uh, response to the whole, you know, incident. Uh, quick pause. Jason, feel free to skip forward. <laughs> Dave Chappelle says he's ready to meet with the transgender community under certain conditions. Uh, he says, I'm not bending to anyone's demands. You cannot come to meet with me if you, not, if you have not watched my special from beginning to end. Um, and also he says that, like, if you want to come talk to him, I guess. The third condition is uh, you have to admit that Hannah Gadsby is not funny. So what he's really saying is he's not ready to talk. He's just wanting to talk more <laughs> shit. He's just he's just doing this thing. Yeah, this is a this is a wild thing. Apparently, I'll I'll just read it. I have a I have an article from the Hollywood Reporter. Sure. As I was like trying to make sense of this, but Hannah Gadsby that he referenced, uh, it says was among the high profile stars and comedians who joined organizations like Glad in the National Black Justice Coalition that. Following the October 5th debut of The Closer, denounced Chappelle's commentary, which included statements siding with J.K. Rowling as Team Turf, uh, which is an acronym that stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist, uh, an ideology that excludes trans women as women. Uh, he also stated that gender is a fact, uh, it's not, and went on to poke fun at trans bodies and cultural sensitivities and of the previous jokes aimed at the LGBTQ community. Uh, the outcry inspired a walkout last week, virtual and in person, that saw Netflix employees and allies take to the streets uh, and shake tambourines and uh, scream in people's faces. He's got a weapon! <laughs> I guess uh, I didn't really have a whole lot else to add. I just kind of wanted to put a pin in the whole thing, I guess. Yeah, uh, we're now waiting until the Dave Chappelle block party thing to come out and see what the response is to that, because I'm sure there's going to be more to the story whenever that hits. It is kind of interesting, I guess, that, like, they bring up, like, like the TERF acronym, because um, that's basically, like, like second-wave feminism, uh, essentially. So, like, first-wave feminism was, like, the um, the suffragettes, like, yep. they wanted to, to have rights and stuff. Um, second-wave feminism, basically, it was, like, you know, like, we want greater influence on society outside the home like we want to be treated like we're people you know we're not like 
like break down traditional gender roles, I guess. Like mm-hmm. women should be part of the workforce and not like exclusively raising children, shit like that. Um, like women can have their own identity. But like what modern feminism is like kind of ideologically is like now we have to like take the progress that we've made and like apply it to all these other groups too. So like I guess it kind of makes sense that like J.K. Rowling and Dave Chappelle and like people who are, you know, not like like non-millennials, like, you know, middle-aged people mm. um aren't like they align more with the the previous like iteration of like feminist ideology, so I don't know. Well, you you said it was weird they brought up the turf acronym. Uh, that is because Chappelle himself says the phrase "I'm a turf." Yeah, he does. So there it is. Uh, uh we I kind of talked about this with Colin in my bonus episode with Colin Moriarty. Uh, if you're here from that episode, I uh, thank you for sticking around. You're a nice person, and I appreciate you. Uh, but I don't yeah, it's really good. I am kind of <laughs> I'm I'm tired of this fucking saga too, Jason. Don't you worry. <laughs> I I'm. I'm just so over it because it's two sides that are not going to change. Well, three sides, technically, they're not going to change because you have the Chappelle side, which is he's going to do whatever he wants. Then you have the Netflix side, which is trying to balance between uh, appeasing their workforce and uh, also paying Chappelle money in order to keep him off other streaming services uh, yeah. in an effort to keep him away from competition. And then you have Netflix's workforce, seemingly, which uh, doesn't like that. Yeah, I don't know. This whole saga has been really weird to me because, like, uh, there's there's one side that, like, I feel is correct, but in asserting themselves as correct, they make themselves seem like they're fucking crazy people. And then you have another side that is, like, is a bit less correct or, you know, is correct about some things, but, like, wrong about other things. Um, but they're like super chill and I, I want to vibe more with that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Right. It's fucking weird. I'm just, I think Colin does say, like brought it up, like the Netflix employees are in a place of privilege and they kind of need to understand that because like, if you or me comes out and says our company is transphobic or something like that on social media and it goes viral, we don't have jobs the next day. Uh, and we'll get to this yeah, as a later story, but like, it seems like that's not the case at Netflix. Like they're like, hey, yeah, you can speak out about it, sure, do whatever you want. Uh, and what a, what a privilege that is to be able to work at a at a company that just lets you be like, yeah, you do agree with us, that's fine, you do your thing. I don't know. I've I talked about it on the show before, but like the like modern activism is fucking terrible i just hate hearing anybody talk about anything anymore it's it's just screaming and you you have two sides who refuse to change uh and both like one side will eventually die out and then you have the correct side which is where most of the screaming is done and yeah it it is what it is you know you're not gonna change people it's unfortunate but it's not gonna happen you can't force people to change so you're like I, I hate to say the phrase deal with it, but like deal with it. Like y- you're never going to win over everybody. It's not going to happen. You you can't change people by screaming at them. 
Like, it, it takes a subtle hand. Right. I mean, like, even when people change, like, there are people, uh, like, uh, somebody, fi- like, this is this has happened a million times where like somebody has come across like a gay person that like really helped and influenced their life and they were like very bigoted before in their life and they're like oh it took a fucking gay person meeting a person to actually like induce change in your life and it's like but they changed so like what do you what do you want do you want them to just come to this conclusion on their own how how are they gonna change if they didn't like meet a specific gay person that they could relate to should should we only help like should we only champion people who are like you know i used to hate gay people and then all of a sudden one day i woke up and i was like wait a minute the gays are fine like what like uh like have you ever seen there's like this dude who's like convinced 200 people to quit the kkk by like just becoming friends with them and showing them that like black people aren't evil yeah that guy's awesome. That guy's great. Do but are we going to look down on any of the people who changed because of him? Like yeah. what <laughs> do you do you think that those people would have changed if like that guy had screamed at them and been aggressive with them? Probably not. But I mean that that seems to be the tactic everyone wants to take now is just scream and see what happens. Well, Along with uh, screaming and going on tirades, uh, I guess the other tactic that you can take is uh, to to hide your shame, uh, which brings us into our next story, which is that Netflix reportedly manipulated its search algorithm to limit the appearance of cuties on its platform after backlash. Sure did. Why is anybody surprised about this? Yeah, this is something we've been telling you because it's like hidden everywhere you have to like dig for it you have to actively search for the phrase cuties in order to find it like you're, you're not gonna find like if you type in uh french movie that uh it talks about child exploitation uh cuties is not going to show up like it's it's not you're just gonna you have to actively search the the thing like because i i think I think when Gerald and I did the commentary for it, or like uh, our his watch party for it, where he did a, a, a running commentary, where uh, it was two uh, men over the age of thirty uh, sitting there watching a pseudo child exploitation movie uh, as a support network, he I think he even said he had trouble finding it because he's like I don't even know I don't remember what it's called yeah. like I, I he 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 like it. Whenever he typed in the full word cuties is when it showed up. Like he did C U T I E yeah. and you would assume like autofill would would have done it, but no. <laughs> yeah, they actually uh so like they delisted it from things like more like this or popular searches. Mm-hmm. Uh and they also exclude it from appearing in searches for the fra- for the word cute. So like you literally have to type in the whole word yep. for it to show up. Again, I don't know why anybody's surprised about this. It's a company manipulating them, their own data in order for their, for you to not be able to see what they don't want you to see. Happens all the time. If you think for some, like for instance, let's pretend here, uh, Red Notice comes out later this week, this month. Uh, if you think Netflix isn't going to shove that down your throat, you're an insane person. But that show that probably costs about a mm, couple hundred thousand dollars, that you know, Netflix doesn't care whether or not it really lives or dies. Uh, that comes out during the same week. That's not going to get promoted at all. 
Or you're crazy if you think it's going to get promoted at all compared to Red Notice. Yeah. Um, the reason I threw this story on here was to show that, like, Netflix can, like, manage a PR crisis by, like, controlling the reach of content without actually censoring it. Which they're not so. doing with uh, The Closer. It is still promoted yeah. everywhere. So uh, they don't care. They don't they don't care because it's making the money and cuties had the potential to lose the money. I'm just I'm just saying they've mm-hmm. got a ripcord for, you know, when it does break bad. Right. Uh, interestingly enough, this story can't this story came out after my episode with Colin uh, and I I directly also referenced cuties un like unintentionally was like there's also this movie about. Uh, th- like this cuties movie, and he <laughs> a was bunch like, "A sexy kids, right?" And he's like, "Well, I literally, I've literally never heard of this movie until now." And I just went, "There's probably a reason for that." And here, here's the reason: we had the reason for it right now. Like we're we're seeing this confirmed. So, oh man, uh, I'm sure. Oh, I think what what's his name? It's like Scott something. Uh, who is the the least good person to follow on Twitter? Uh, probably did like. Uh, reason number X why Netflix is not your friend they censored cuties and it's like you sure about that you sure they're not their friend for censoring the child exploitation movie (laughs) K Scott whatever I hate that guy fuck that guy alright um next up uh the Mitchells versus the Machines is getting a theatrical release cool the surprise animated hit was released on Netflix back in April of this year. Uh, it's finally coming to movie theaters nationwide for the first time next month, all thanks to a partnership between Netflix and Iconic Events Releasing. Dan, what do you think? Would you go see this in theaters? Uh, only if I can go with Gerald and just tell him, hey, man, this is good, but this isn't amazing the entire time. <laughs> uh, that's the correct answer. Oh, man. Uh, I I have a hard time reconciling seeing movies uh, that are already on Netflix in the theaters. Like uh, the the fact of the matter is, is I I've only ever seen two Netflix movies in theaters. One was Army of the Dead, which was a week before it came out, and one was Marriage Story because I couldn't wait uh, eight hours for some fucking reason. Yeah, I don't think my AMC is uh, going to be showing this. It is at a couple places nearby, if I wanted to go to it, but... Uh, yeah, that makes sense. AMC doesn't like doing business with uh, with Netflix. You're going to have to find like, an independent theater, or if, if Cinemark decided to do it as well, uh, go through them. And that actually... It's like 15 miles a straight shot down the road. And actually, I'm... Eh, 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 eh. Eh. I could do that if I wanted. I also can just watch the movie at home. That's true. Uh, in the quiet safe room where no one stuff who's, who's stole, <laughs> you stole can get to you. All right. Here's another stupid thing. The, the sequel to Squid Game is out in the form of uh, the Squid Game cryptocurrency. Yeah. Hey, d- hey do, you know, do you know about pumping and dumping uh, cryptocurrency? Uh, well, here's the official Squid Game coin. Its value has gone way, way up. Uh, but also, like, it's a pump and dump because you can't sell it 
You can only buy it. Wait, excuse me? That's correct. Uh, this is a scam. It's a scam. It's a scam for stupid people. Don't buy squid coin. Okay. Because uh, I, I got I got caught up in like the Dogecoin hype, but I also uh, did the smart thing and got in and then uh, promptly got out as soon as like the bit, the big pump was done and like everyone had just started dumping. So I made a little bit of money off of that. But like, oh, ew, 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 that's fucking gross. Yeah, because the second that thing is able to be sold, the, the people who first invested are going to jump off and then uh, everyone else is going to be stuck holding the bag. Yeah, don't do that. Don't buy that. Yeah. <sighs> Apparently, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is fucking wild. Uh, so I'm going to read this. Uh, the coin, which started its pre-sale October 20th and apparently sold out in one second, according to its white paper, joins a list of other parody cryptocurrencies that have witnessed big run-ups for no particular reason other than good publicity. Uh, the meme-inspired Shiba Inu coin, for example, has doubled in price in the last week. I like how they don't just say Dogecoin. Right? The Squid Token was launched as the exclusive coin of the Squid Game Project, a crypto play-to-earn platform. The online tournament, which launches in November, mimics the six rounds of games featured in its namesake TV show. But unlike its Netflix counterpart, the company said we do not provide deadly consequences, apparently. Why not? I don't know. But apparently, like, apparently... Uh, have you ever seen that YouTube video? Uh, it's just kid keeps saying apparently. But apparently, this is like to promote a shitty game where people are going to compete to win all the squid coins. Okay. Sure. So it's actual Squid Game, but no death, which is dumb. <laughs> it's fucking. Come on. Come on, guys. Kill people. Let's go. How is Netflix not suing them into oblivion, though? How is the creator not suing them into oblivion? Well, actually, I think it, I think Netflix does hold the IP because Netflix literally just did like a, a Squid Game pop up thing in LA because it's the only place they do pop ups. Do a pop-up around here, you fucking cowards. Yeah. Crypto. It's, uh... It's gonna ruin the future. But it's... it's it, But, Caleb, it's... It's not centrally... Something, and therefore... It's not... It's not centralized, so therefore... The power is within the peep... I don't care. The but power is in the people's hands, but uh, most people are fucking dumb. That's true. Uh, I, uh, and, I, and without... So, like, yes, this is true of all money, but most currencies hold their value because, like, a government will back them. Mm -hmm. This is only as valuable as people agree that it is at a given time. Yep. <laughs> I feel like Bitcoin will stick around, you know, probably indefinitely, um, until somebody comes up with, you know, the Bitcoin killer mm -hmm. or whatever. But I don't know. It's it's always going to be like a wax and wane. And uh, most crypto is a scam. Sure. Uh, I have fifty dollars worth of Bitcoin. We'll see where it goes. Hopefully to the moon. Diamond hands, baby. Back when I was regularly uh, trading stocks, I had some paper fucking hands. 
I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Fucking sold out a game <laughs> GameStop right before it fucking took off. Uh, see, everybody, just ask me, hey, have you sold anything recently? And I'll go, yeah. And, and whatever, I, whatever I've sold recently, expect the price to, to skyrocket. Yeah, that's true. And and whenever I say this, guys, I don't mean like, oh, it was like a few days later. No, no, no. It was like an hour. An hour until it started creeping back up. It's like the market's like, hey, Dan fucking sold. Let's go. Stra- strap a rocket to it, boys. <laughs> All right. Uh, our final story is technically more Chappelle stuff. So, uh, uh, Jason, prepare yourself. All right, so uh, a fired Netflix staffer files a labor complaint alleging that Netflix is trying to stop employees from, quote-unquote, speaking up. Uh, So when they say fired employee, what they mean is uh, the person who leaked all of the information uh, regarding the Chappelle special. So this was uh, B. Pagel's minor, uh, the former Netflix program manager who was fired for allegedly leaking company information, a.k.a. the Chappelle information, which, uh, again, if you leak private information that a company wants to keep private, uh, you get fired. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you didn't get fired because you spoke up. You got fired because you did something against the company's code of ethics. Try again. Uh, and Tara Field, a software engineer who had spoken out against the, spe- the special on social media and was temporarily suspe- suspended after she attended an executive meeting. Uh, this one's more interesting and probably more substantial because, uh, again, per the story, she was provided a link, showed up, uh, and then was like, what are you doing? Everyone was like, what are you doing here? And then she got kicked out and suspended. So uh, we'll see about that one. That one, I think, actually holds weight as to like any actual thing happening. But uh, the other person, you got fired because you leaked information. I don't feel bad for you. I, you're an idiot. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. All right. Uh, so with that, let's move into downstream and talk about some trailers that happened to be coming out this week. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line. All right. Uh, well, we finally got the trailer for The Witcher season two. Mm-hmm. Destiny is a beast. Watch the official trailer for season two of The Witcher. Uh, it, de- it debuts December seventeenth only on Netflix. That's the whole description. They're expecting this to stand on its own. I don't need to talk about it. Let's go watch it. Trailer looks good. Yeah. Uh, uh, it looks like there's going to be more shit happening. You know, more it, fighting of it monsters. It seems like they took everything that was good about season one and improved about upon it. And everything that didn't quite work with season one and, and fixed it. Yeah. Uh, the big thing everyone complained about was the Nilfgaardian armor. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't care. I just went, okay. This is the Nilfgaardian armor. I don't understand why we all care about this. It's uh, a, a literal army that we see for maybe ten minutes of uh, ten one-hour episodes. Why do we care this much? Yeah, I never noticed it, but apparently people thought they looked like testicles. Uh, people uh, care about the weirdest shit. I don't know. It's, it's Witcher. True. I care. Uh, I'm interested. I'm here for it. Hooray. Geralt, haven't seen you since the plague. I don't get that reference. Uh, it's from one of the games, and also, like, 
that show came out, you know, before in the pre-COVID times. Oh, yeah. Or like right around there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. Second trailer is the live action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop is an action-packed space western about three bounty hunters, a.k.a. cowboys, all trying to outrun the past. As different as they are deadly, Spike Spiegel, played by John Cho, uh, Jet Black, played by Mustafa Shakir, and Faye Valentine, played by Daniela Pineda, form a scrappy, snarky crew ready to hunt down the solar system's most dangerous criminals for the right price. But they can only kick and quip their way out of so many scuffles before their past finally catch up with them. Based on the beloved anime series, Cowboy Bebop is executive produced by Andre Nemec, uh, Jeff Pinker, Josh Applebaum, Scott Rosenberg of Midnight Radio. A bunch of people, fucking list of names. Yep. I'm not going to read all 20 producers. No, 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 you have to read them all. In order, perfectly. Marty Adelstein and Becky Clements of Tomorrow Studios. Makoto Asanuma. Shin Sasaki and Masayuki Ozaki of Sunrise Inc. Why did Dan want Caleb to read read all these? (laughs) Tetsu Fujimura, Michael Cadleman, Matthew Weinberg, and Christopher Yost. Original anime series director Shinichiro Watanabe is a consultant on the series. Original composer Yoko Kano returns for the live action adaptation. Series also stars Alex Hassel and Elena Satine. Only on Netflix, November 19th. I mean, if we want to talk about things that people needlessly are going to complain about, it's going to be this show. Uh, That's true. I've seen a lot of people say, wow, this is way different than the anime, uh, to which I say good, because, you know. Yeah, good. It should be its own fucking thing, despite the fact that it's going to have the same composer and the same opening theme. Possibly with a different arrangement, but regardless, uh, this should stand on its own, be its own thing, and it looks like dumb, pulpy fun, and I'm here for it. Uh, here's a comment on YouTube of somebody saying, I'm choosing to view this show as a completely separate from the source material. I think that's the only way that anyone could enjoy it. Uh, that's the it, it is. It's a different show. I don't... I, I don't... I don't get why people care so much, man. Like, if you don't, if you don't want to watch the show that's based but, on the show that you like, don't watch the show Dan, you don't like. But Dan, if you if you remake something, it ruins the original. You well, remember I mean, when they made uh, the new Star Wars movies, and the old ones started being bad? They were bad before that, but that's true. I was waiting for you to say it. Yeah, uh, I'll say it. Anytime I can. All right. Uh, The next trailer is for The Unforgivable, Sandra Bullock. Oh, it says The Unforgivable, comma, Sandra Bullock. They really need you to watch this because it stars Sandra Bullock, everybody. Yeah. Uh, In select theaters, November 24th and on Netflix, December 10th. Uh, Released from prison after serving a sentence for a violent crime, Ruth Slater, Sandra Bullock, re-enters society... A society that refuses to forgive her past, facing severe judgment from the place she once called home, her only hope of her redemption is finding her estranged younger sister she was forced to leave behind. Uh, This has Sandra Bullock, Vincent D'Onofrio, John Bernthal, Richard Thomas, Linda Emmond, 
Eiling Franziosi, Rob Morgan, and Viola Davis. Hmm? Uh, I'll tell you this. That's actually an appreciable dif- difference between uh, theater release and Netflix release. Like, that's actually yeah. like a... I don't feel bad about going Couple to weeks. see this in theaters. It's not like what Netflix typically does, which is like, hey, we're released on Netflix on Friday, but you can go see it early on Wednesday. Why would I do that? Whenever Viola Davis yells in a show or movie, it makes me feel bad. I feel like she's yelling at me. <laughs> she probably is. <laughs> yeah, this looks fine. Uh, John Bernthal is going to be in this for maybe four seconds, because anytime there's a Hollywood movie that has John Bernthal in it, he's only in it for four seconds. That's correct. Next up is the thing you sick fucks have all been waiting for. It's Tiger King 2. Uh, we thought the mayhem was over, but we've yes, only we scratched the surface. Tiger King 2 premieres November 17th. With Joe Exotic behind bars and Carol Baskin closing in on ownership of a, his disreputable zoo, uh, the Emmy-nominated saga continues its twisted course with Tiger King 2 as newfound revelations emerge on the motivations, backstories, and secrets of America's most mentor- notorious big cat owners. Old enemies and frenemies, including Jeff Lowe, Tim Stark, Alan Glover, and James Garretson, return for another season of Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. Thought you knew the whole story? Just you wait. God willing, we'll all meet in Tiger King 2, The Search for More Money. I mean, this really is Tiger King 2, The Search for More Money. Because it's like Netflix being like, hey, we have a hit. What more can we possibly milk out of this? Because, like, Tiger King came out at the beginning of the pandemic. And was this perfect storm kind of scenario where it was like, hey, everyone's trapped inside. Here's this crazy fucking show about these crazy people with big fucking cats. And everyone fucking gobbled it up. And I went, okay. That was a nice little microcosm, a little escape thing that we can all enjoy and move on from. And then Netflix went dollar signs and everybody else went dollar signs. What more stupid nonsense can we make up in order to make a second season so we can all get more money? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm calling it like Carol Baskin's not going to be in this. Oh, she's not. She's already come out against it and said yeah. she will not be in it because of the way the first season like, all the her. All the YouTube comments are like, man, I can't wait to see what Carol Baskin's doing in this one. It's like, she's not going to be in it because the first one, like she thought was just going to be about like how Joe Exotic sucks. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be like a total fucking hack job on her. Yep. To the point that like people were spying on her with drones. Mm hmm. So, yeah, she's... Sorry, <laughs> None guys. None of us are as evil as all of us. That's true. Uh, so, I'm sorry, guys. Carol Baskin's not... Like, you're gonna see archival footage of Carol Baskin, and that bitch Carol Baskin, and maybe some, like, anecdotal stuff. Killed her. Husband whacked him. Like, Joe Exotic's probably gonna talk to her, uh, and be like, I talked to that bitch Carol Baskin, and we had this... Con- and here's what she said. And then we're going to be like, well, where's the Carol Baskin side? And it's like, Carol Baskin doesn't want to appear in this. Like, would you? I can't wait for this to feature interviews with Donald Trump of him talking about why he didn't pardon Joe Exotic. I'll tell you this. I'd hear from Donald Trump just to hear why he didn't pardon Joe Exotic. I don't know who he is. (laughs) I've never heard of this guy. Tiger King never heard of it. 
I listen. I only watch the best shows. That Squid Game, it's the best show. It has the numbers. <laughs> this is a bad impression, but you get the point. The only good reality show is The, the Apprentice. Apprentice. <laughs> and The Celebrity Apprentice. Do you remember when I beat Vince McMahon at WrestleMania? Of course I'm, you don't. I'm going to build a big, beautiful reality show. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the best reality show. Everyone says so. Yep. Fucking chuckle fuck. Yeah, I, I mean... But, but I mean, I, I do want to hear him talk about about oh, this. Oh, yeah, I do, too. Like, this, this that <laughs> would actually be fascinating. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, last but not least is a trailer for something I'm very excited for. Uh, it is Masters of the Universe Revelation Part 2. Reclaim the power, fight for the universe. The epic conclusion to Masters of the Universe Revelation premieres November 23rd. We we have to resurrect Prince Adam so he can get killed a third time. That is uh, true. I like this show a lot. I really liked the first part, and I want more of it. So here it is. As Eternia's destiny hangs in the balance and the ultimate battle draws near, new heroes and villains emerge and a surprising alliance is formed. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the most surprising thing about this is that we left season one or part one on a cliffhanger of is Prince Adam alive? And then he's the most fucking featured character in the season two trailer. Well, because he had to be because like everybody hated that uh, they made Masters of the Universe about a girl. Ew, girls. I know, right? Yeah, that that was the other thing is like they went, hey, we know you hated it. So here's He-Man. Okay. Also, I find it really interesting that, like, at one point in the trailer, He-Man's just like, you know, the sword was only ever just a conduit. Like, the power, like, the spark of the power was always with me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he calls down the power into his bare fucking hand uh, and turns into a fucking naked Conan the Barbarian punch monster. Yeah, he becomes a Hulk type. Yeah. Like, the sword let him control it, now it's just, like, unbridled muscle power, and he's just a Hulk and dumb. Mm hmm And just punches Skeletor a bunch. Yeah, fuck you, Skeletor. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah, fuck you, dumb, dumb motherfucker. The fuck did you ever do? No, uh, it's, it's more He-Man, hooray. I can't wait to see Jason Muse as Stinkor. Um, what the fuck was the wizard dude named? Orko? Orko, yeah. You get his voice at the end of the trailer, and it's like, you guys are really screwed now, or something like that. And it's like... Yeah. There's like a, a, a sudden, like, beam of, like, like a, I think a scarf starts materializing, so he's not dead. So no one's ever really gone. That's true. Alright. Uh, so with that, it's time to <laughs> go into another segment called Quick Hits, where we talk about some stuff we watched this week. <laughs> So we'll start with you, Caleb. What did you watch? I watched Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Okay. I just, on a whim, I was like, hey, I remember watching this. Uh, I'll throw it on. And within, you know, the first, like, two minutes, when they play the fucking Volcano Man song, I was laughing so hard. 
because uh, that video is amazing. The only thing that I don't like about that song is that it's only a minute and a half long. That's true. It's better than Double Trouble, which they play four times during the fucking thing. Yeah, Double Trouble's not very good. Um, I don't know. This movie, like, there's a big lull in the middle, kind of. Mm. But, like, uh, it's uh, it's quite funny. It's quite good. I only want to hear Ya Ya Ding Dong. I don't care that you've already played it. Play it again. I only want to hear Ya Ya Ding Dong. It has Demi Lovato in it, looking for attention. Yeah, that's true. Also, like, I totally forgot that Rachel McAdams' whole thing is that, like, she believes in fairies and, like, leaves presents for fairies and asks them for favors and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that, like, whenever they're the only ones that aren't on the boat with all the Eurovision contestants and the boat explodes. Uh, she's like, the elves went too far. Uh, and it's very funny. It's, it's very good. It's all improvised. It's very funny. They killed all those people on that boat. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Demi Lovato is dead for this movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't much care for Demi Lovato. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like she says she says and does a lot of things looking for for attention. I just, I just can't believe that like a famous singer and Instagram model would do that. Well, that's true, uh, but I feel like she needs help. Somebody, anybody who's responsible, please get her help because like the the way is she, is she going to be the new the next Britney? I I think she's already hit that point. Honestly, are are we going to need to leave Demi alone? Probably, which is why I'm trying to be like careful about how I say it. But like they are a thing. And I don't like how they portray themselves, because remember her, pro her pronouns, I said it, uh, their pronouns are they them. And like, I don't know, man, I'm OK with it, but also like. It was, like, the 19th thing in a row that Demi Lovato did seeking attention. Because, like, there was somebody who, like, had a, a very public drug overdose death, and Demi went, I'm so glad I never went down that road as, like, her, as her, like, quote-unquote, sympathy. Yikes. And I was, everyone was like, Demi, shut the fuck up. Fucking yikes. So, I, you know, most people would get the benefit of the doubt from me whenever they do a pronoun. Like a, a a pronoun change or like a a gender change or like a declaring they're non-binary, most people would get benefited out for that. Demi Lovato just gets like a oh, so you just want more attention? The spotlight's off you for five seconds. We got to go back to Demi. I don't know. I um, this is like not the the fucking time to have the discussion, but like I kind of wonder, like culturally overall if we're gonna move away from gendered pronouns altogether and call everybody they them because like i feel like we've moved to a point where we're gonna like it it's more beneficial to define people by like what they actually do than like by boy girl you know you know what i mean i don't know it's like every, everybody can do everything Nobody's fucking special. Go. So, fucking... Somebody referring to me, you payroll administrator. Yeah. Y you salesman or salesperson. 
You, flight attendant. You, doctor. I find that uh, funny. Uh, I don't know, maybe that is like leaning into a capitalist hellscape too, so I don't know. I'm fine with that now, that's much better. That's much better. The, wor- the world's always going to be a mess and, you know, we should just uh, build robots and then try to make Zero Dawn happen. Yeah. Or we could have a Detroit become human situation. Or then the robots are like, hey, we're sentient too. We have feelings and such. And then they become people uh, that we now have to worry about. And then uh, it only doubles our problems. Man, if Philip if Philip K. Dick was still alive, I bet he'd sue a lot of people for copyright shit. Cause like, all science fiction is his, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, anything else? Um, no, that's about it. What'd you watch? All right. Well, uh, we'll start with uh, Frankenstein's monster, monster Frankenstein. Just watched that because you watched it last week, and I was like, oh yeah, that's funny. So I watched it and I'm like, oh yeah, this is funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> the, the, in the in the middle of the play that they're doing, and fucking David Harbour Jr. starts going on a fucking monologue about acting, and then uh, the woman shows up, and she's like, "No, this is acting." And then she like just waves <laughs> her just hand like around her face, her hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is it is a magnum opus of uh, unrecognized talent so uh it's very good yeah uh and then i watched more of uh the way of the house husband uh, i just finished the part two today uh it's all irreverent it's it's funny it's, i don't know uh, if you like stupid absurdist shit uh, it watch this uh, and then the final thing I watched was the new Mira Pace movie, the new Mira Pace movie, uh, The Trip. Or, uh, in the Norwegian language, it is, uh, I on a dagger or something like that. Uh, it, it means literally in bad days. So, like, uh, it's about her and her husband who are trying to kill each other, uh, in order to get out of their marriage. Uh, so basically, it's like the, your wedding vows where it's like, in the good times and the bad times, sicker for sicker or poorer or whatever, you know, whatever you say during the wedding vows uh, that no one can see because Nick didn't tell anyone to sit down. Uh, that's <laughs> that's what that's referencing. So, uh, yeah, it's they go to a log cabin uh, for the for a long weekend in order to kill each other. Uh, and then uh, hijinks ensue. Other people get involved. Uh, it's it's pretty funny. Uh, it's also kind of brutal because at, at one point someone gets shoved into a lawnmower. Cool. So uh, it it fits right in with that that Halloween spook time with the gore the gore stuff, and also the the surprises. There's a neo Nazi. Uh, there's other stuff. So just I recommend it. Go watch the trip. I I don't want to spoil what happens, but yeah, that's that that's the general gist. Is there's there's some shit that fucking goes down in this movie. Okay. Uh, that's it. It's all I watched. All right. Uh, well, then why don't we cut into a quick break? And when we come back, we'll talk about our main review topic for the week, Army of Thieves. You thought it would be the old mid-roll ad break, but it was me, the one that's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meme. The following patrons have abandoned their human frailty and joined Lord Dio's eternal army. Gerald Morris... 
Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, James De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Nerd Revert Jason, Sam the Hurley Boy Hurley, Giuseppe Vicaretti, and Dan's mother. If you'd like to become a patron so we can use your money to finally destroy the Joestar family forever, find us at netflixandswill.com patreon. Brand yourself as part of our unholy army. Go to netflixandswill.com merch. Leave a review and tell me what a good job I'm doing as your immortal overlord. Visit netflixandswill.com apple podcasts. Thanks for helping us manifest our stand abilities, which give us the power to watch terrible movies and TV shows and do like rapid punches and stop time or whatever. Seriously, go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Part 6 comes out in December. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. Army of Thieves. Army of Thieves is an action comedy crime film from Netflix. It is a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. A prequel set before the events of Army of the Dead, which focuses on German safecracker Ludwig Dieter leading a group of, well, leading isn't really the word, but uh, with a group of aspiring thieves on a top secret heist during the early stages of the zombie apocalypse. This is directed by Matthias Schweighofer. Wait, uh, it's directed by... by... Yeah. Huh. And uh, written by Zack Snyder, based on characters created by, and the uh, screenplay is by Shea Hatton. Huh. I didn't realize he, he starred and directed. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. And it's also got uh, Natalie Emanuel, who's uh, Masande from Game of Thrones. That's her name. I was like... Melisandre? Nope, that's the redhead woman. Masandi of the Isle of Narth. She doesn't she have sex with uh uh what's it Grey Worm the who, who has no penis? Guy, yeah. They they have what they have what he calls sex. <laughs> <laughs> Killer Family Guy reference. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh fuck. Um so what did you think of this movie Army of Thieves? <sighs> well, it's a lot better than Army of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh say it with me, Dan. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh I don't know how much we're how much more we're going to talk about this honestly, but like it's competently shot. Uh and you know I'll even excuse the fact that Army of the Dead kind of looks like shit half the time because they're obscuring the camera most of the time to make sure that Tig- you can't tell that Tignataro's not really on screen with anybody else, that she's mm-hmm. been green screen the whole time. Fine. But, uh, you know, it's safe. It, you know, uh, to par- pardon the pun, but it's a safe movie because it, it follows a very generic plot, has very standard characters. There's nothing that elevates this movie it's just popcorn fun yeah um i really like the character of dieter um i don't like literally a single other person in the movie really that much at all uh the best parts of the movie are when he's cracking the safes 
mm-hmm. and uh he kind of leans in to listen to it and like he can visualize all the uh contraptions inside moving about so yeah yeah those are the most visually interesting parts of the movie is when he's cracking the safe and also like i never thought safe cracking would be as tense as it sometimes seemed to be i mean it's it's fairly like unrealistic mm-hmm. but like i don't know there's there's one where like there's a a device in it that like he kind of makes a mistake as he's going and it pulls all the like locks and dials into it and like puts out a new set and he's like oh if you know if i get it wrong again it locks forever mm-hmm. so but yeah, you know, like I'm fine with it being heightened. I mean, we're already in a world where there's a zombie apocalypse. Uh, I can believe there's a master lo- uh, safe maker who has a, a lock system that spins and re-randomizes itself. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's an Ocean's Eleven type with uh, the the least charming group of people you'll ever see yeah. uh, in a film. Well- um. It doesn't seem like we have a lot more to talk about no. with it. Dan, what would you rate this? Well, real quick, before you bring up the Ocean's Eleven, and I, I kind of thought about that too, Mike. It's Ocean's Eleven, but like none of the characters really are interesting in what they're doing. Like the, We have the hacker woman's uh, who just exists. Like She just sits in a chair the whole time and does nothing interesting. Like She doesn't really hack stuff. Yeah. Like she hacks she into the one more, bank security. She does more punching than hacking. Yeah, and then she hurts her hand. Uh, like you have Action Man who has like that one sequence where he does something, but otherwise he just doesn't do anything. Uh, they have a getaway driver for some fucking reason. Uh, he does nothing. Like they talk about how like how he's the best drifter. You proceed to watch him never drift at all during the entire movie. Uh, okay. Natalie Emanuel is the only other one who does really anything other than Dieter, and I just went okay. Her her little action sequence is okay. It's, it's nothing special, but yeah, this this all rests on um on Dieter's shoulders. And the only reason that we needed the full team of five, uh, was so that we could set up the the two like macho dudes against like the two capable women and like the nerdy man. Mm-hmm. That's it. So. Yeah, uh, it's a three. It's it's a perfectly capable movie. You're you'll have a, a decent time watching it for two hours, and then you'll move on with your life. Uh, that is correct. Uh, it is a three. Which uh, I can't remember what we rated Army of the Dead, but I feel like it was like one and a half. That so is, this is like exactly twice as good. That is exactly my rating for Army of the Dead. It is a one and a half. <laughs> because that movie is trying to do way too much. This movie, at least, is like. We're staying in our lane. We're not introducing high concepts. And if we are introducing high concepts, uh, it's due to the Norse mythology, which is which Dieter's explaining and is also uh, a reference to Zack Snyder's anime that is coming out uh, sometime next year because he's doing a Norse mythology anime. All right. Uh, That's your six minute review for Army of the Dead. Um, Army of Thieves, even. Uh, So let's get into our. Cautionary tale of Netflix and see if this was as bad as uh, you expected it to be.
Welcome to Cautionary Tales of Netflix. We're Netflix and Swill. You know, one-star movies are terrible. They'll make you want to gouge your fucking eyes out. And that's what this show is all about. Warning people about the dangers of shitty movies. So, Dan, I made you watch Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild. In a world where humans and fearsome monsters live in an uneasy balance, young hunter Aiden fights to save his village from destruction by a dragon. Uh, This is based on the Capcom video game series. Dan, what did you think of Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild, uh, not directed by Paul W.S. Anderson? Why not? It should have been. Um... Okay, so it looks like a P- an early PS3 game. Like, uh, do you remember the the game Haze by chance? Yeah, I mean, it looks like maybe not Monster Hunter World, but like it, uh, it does look like the game Monster Hunter so. Rise, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I was gonna say because like the characters are from Monster Hunter Four Ultimate. Like, oh, a bunch of them are. So like. It kind of it kind of looks pretty similar to that. Like it's not going to fucking blow anyone's hair back visually, right. but like the monsters look impressive. Yeah. Or 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 at least as they do in the game. Sure. Uh that that's my big takeaway is this doesn't look particularly great. Uh like I I find anytime you do 3D animation like this in a movie, uh, it tells me you've cheaped out. Like we we complain, I remember about uh fucking Gantz O and we were just like, holy yeah. fuck, the animation just completely takes away from this. Like, it feels so lifeless considering they're 3D models. You know, there's no personality to this. It's just very sterile. And that's kind of how I felt with this, too. Yeah, it's true. It's like, I guess if you give a shit about the Monster Hunter games, like, this is kind of at the same time a prequel to Monster Hunter 4 and Monster Hunter World. Because, like, they kind of bookend it with, because uh, like Aiden, the main character, is actually a character in Monster Hunter World that like you talk to on the boat at the beginning of the game, uh, and he's also like the the rookie ace hunter from Monster Hunter Four. So like it it sets up that like they're on their way to the new world in like the Monster Hunter World game. Mm-hmm. By, like, him doing a flashback to, like, before... I don't know. It's, uh... It's a prequel to, like, eight games at the same time. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, Well, I-, I had two comments, basically, throughout the entire movie. Uh, One was... So, Aiden, as a young child, or as a young kid, is voiced by uh Dante Basco, who... Uh, everyone should remember from Avatar The Last Airbender where he plays Prince Zuko. Uh, and at the beginning of the, the end of the movie, when Aiden, uh, older Aiden is talking, uh, he is not voiced by Dante Basco. He is voiced by a completely different voice actor for some fucking reason. And it's just like, why couldn't you get Dante Basco to basically just do a Zuko <laughs> voice? Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. Uh, and then the second thing I had to say was, uh, remember when Aiden got two hunters killed instead of just evacuating the entire village? Because, uh, Aiden fancies himself to be a good hunter until he runs into Julius, and then Julius is like, you're fucking garbage. And then he slowly teaches him stuff, and then Aiden's like, no, we can totally kill this elder dragon. And then, uh, they assemble their, their own army of thieves 
to to fight the elder dragon and then two of them get fucking incinerated by the elder dragon yeah and become the army of the dead yep uh i don't know i wish that like they would have just had cats run out with like a little wheelbarrow <laughs> to throw those guys in and like drag them back to the camp because that's what happens in the game when you get fucking dumpstered. I, I would have laughed really fucking hard if that's what I saw. Yeah. Instead, they didn't do that. They just went like the oh, there's stakes. Like we we actually watched the one man burn to death. Yeah, it was fucking brutal. But I mean, that guy was dead on the inside anyway. Yeah, that's true. He he had already quit being a hunter. I don't know. Would you have rather this been a movie? Because I feel like a lot of the shit, or not a movie. I'm sorry. Would you rather this been a series? Because, like, I feel like a lot of the stuff is kind of rushed with what they're doing. I think it's fine for what it is. I think think that this is for people who play the games. And, like, they they didn't really expect a lot outside of that. So they didn't put, like, their biggest effort behind it. Mm -hmm. It's perfectly competent for what it is. I... I actually found it to be, you know, fairly enjoyable, but a lot of it was also like, oh, hey, look, it's that monster. Oh, hey, look, it's a it's a Tetsukabra. Sure. Also, like. Aiden does the thing where he makes puns out of monster names, which is what he does in the game, and it's fucking infuriating. There you go. At least at least you got your uh, your fan service. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when, like, I thought they were setting up the one girl to be uh, his romantic interest, and then they fucking murdered her with a dragon? Oh, the 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 fairy girl. Yeah, that was. I was like, wait, we're killing fairy girl. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I should have seen it coming because, like, th- and that's like the other cool thing is like they they portray like how they use their different weapons and stuff because like that's one of the big features of the Monster Hunter games is like all the different weapons and the different styles of play that come out of that. But like she uses, it's called an insect glaive. So it's like a staff. And then there's like a bug that'll go and attack the monster and you can like vault onto it with a stick and attack it in the air and shit. Uh, So her little bug companion gets killed. Uh, And from that point, like it pretty much was a death sentence for her, I guess. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I can't believe we killed the bug, but okay. And then it was like, oh, we killed bug girl. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. The whole bloodline has ended. <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. It's fine for <laughs> what it is. Yeah, it's okay. I'm not. What would you rate this? Because in between two and two and a half, like I just like, yeah, I watched it. It wasn't horrendous like I thought it would be, but uh, I have I have annoyances. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a two and a half. It's uh, it's it's for people who have a specific interest in this game series and very little outside of that. Mm. Uh, and even if like you're in that fandom, you can probably miss this and you'll be just fine. Right, because it seems like based off of what you were saying, like there's you you get more of these characters already from Monster Hunter Four. Yeah, well, like they're they're present at least. Oh. Like, the Monster Hunter games don't have, like, you know... Story. A strong story or anything, but... I mean, all these these guys are in there. Okay. Interesting. 
I guess if I had remembered Monster Hunter 4 more, um, I could have probably told you that, like, the girl was going to get killed. Because she ain't in it. Oh, well, okay. That's all. Alright, well, uh, that's it. Uh, relatively short reviews, because these didn't have a lot of substance to them. Sorry, everybody. Uh, look forward to next week, where uh, instead we talk about The Harder They Fall, the new movie come to Netflix starring Idris Elba, Lakia Stanfield, Regina King, uh, Zazie Beetz, Delroy Lindo, so many people, so many good actors that uh, I'm very excited. Been excited since we first saw a teaser for it back in August? Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, and on the back half of that, we were viewing uh, for patron Nerdvert, uh, Waterworld. <laughs> uh... what, what did they spend more budget on? Uh, the boats and sets or Kevin Costner's hairline? Find out next week. All right. Uh, tell them stuff, Dan. You can find the show at NetflixandSwill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. That includes our social media links, our page, a link to our Patreon page where you can contribute to us monetarily. Uh, and maybe we'll even review a movie that you want us to watch. Uh, and also our merch page, which uh, has shirts and stuff. So check all that stuff out. It's cool, man. Yeah. Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. I am not looking forward to, like, the next Army of the Dead thing. Oh. Because I know that they're making this, like, Yeah, Planet of the Dead. Now. Planet of the Dead is coming. That's apparently the working, the, the, the title that we think is happening. Uh, well, also. What's, uh, Lost Vegas? Oh, that's the animated movie series that is the prequel to like so like the squad actually in lost in las vegas so like okay that if you remember the montage that we had at the beginning of army of the dead i think that is supposed to be what actually happens in that so we'll actually get backstory for characters we already know their fates to you know continuing the trend and then hopefully in planet of the dead uh we'll get the the crew the old crew from uh, Army of Thieves back together, and they'll have to kill the dead or something. I don't know. The fuck Me. do I know? Uh, also, go listen to Space Weather's new song, Pyroclasm. It's a Magic Gathering card and uh, uh, other nerd no, stuff. No, it's, uh, it's a attack from the game Golden Sun on Game Boy Advance. Well, that is true. Corey did say that. Corey also did say that he gave Tony, like, a bunch of song titles and Tony used none of them. So fuck you, Tony. <laughs> Did Tony get all of the potential song titles and say they're great? <laughs> please, please, please end my suffering and end this episode after that one. <laughs> Until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. 
As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swole family.